0: In this week's market update, earnings season gets into full swing. Commodity prices ring alarm bells about growth, while inflation and interest rates are in focus. The Federal Reserve has a dual mandate. It has to keep inflation in check and enable maximum sustainable employment. This can be a challenge because the two are in some ways incompatible. A red-hot labour market fuels rising prices. Managing monetary policy is therefore a balancing act. Walking that tightrope is trickier today than it's been for a long time. Inflation is running above 9% in the US, as it is over here, and in part that's because the unemployment rate is at a historic low. Getting prices down requires a squeeze on the labour market, but overdoing it could push the US economy towards recession, which is counter to the second mandate of maximising sustainable employment. The net result is that the markets now expect the Fed to ramp up interest rates quickly for the rest of this year and into next to get on top of inflation before changing direction and easing policy as the economy slows. The peak for interest rates is now expected to be 3.5%, but then rates could come quickly down to 2.5% or lower. That view was boosted this week when a survey of household inflation expectations in five years' time dropped from 3.1% to 2.8%. One measure of whether the Fed is managing to thread the monetary needle is the yield curve, which compares expectations for bond yields in the near term with those further out. Now, normally, long-dated bond yields are higher than short-dated ones to compensate investors for the risk that inflation will eat into the value of their money. However, When the market thinks that central banks are in danger of pushing rates too far in the short term, longer yields can end up below the shorter ones in anticipation of an economic slowdown or recession in due course. This is the situation today. Investors think the Fed won't be able to maintain its fight against inflation and will be forced to backtrack and lower interest rates. Because stock market investors like interest rates to remain low, this can actually be good news for share prices. On either side of the weekend, we've seen markets rally on hopes that the Fed will end up being less aggressive with rates than feared. This might be a rerun of 2018, when investors were spooked by rising interest rates, but regained their optimism when the Fed changed tack in 2019. This week, we should get some guidance on where interest rates are likely to head with a clutch of inflation and interest rate announcements around the world. Here in the UK, we'll get the latest inflation snapshot on Wednesday, with another rise to 9.3% pencilled in. That news will follow the day after the same CPI data is released in Europe. Then on Thursday, both the Bank of Japan and the European Central Bank will unveil their interest rate decisions. And finally, on Friday, we see inflation data in Japan. The ECB has already signalled its intention to raise interest rates by a quarter of 1%, but has hinted that a bigger rate rise might be required in September unless the inflation picture improves. Prices rose by 8.6% in the year to June. The expected quarter point rate hike would still leave European interest rates below zero. That's a much more cautious approach than in the US and UK and reflects concerns about the growth outlook in a region that's being hit hard by rising energy prices following Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February. Japan is just as cautious as Europe sticking with its stimulus of an economy where even with rising food and energy prices, inflation has struggled to climb into positive territory. The different approaches of central banks around the world is showing up in the currency markets, where the US's relatively robust approach is increasing the appeal of the dollar, which is anyway in favour as a safe haven in difficult economic times. The pound is languishing below $1.20, the euro is at parity with the dollar, and the yen is at a multi-year low against the US currency. Europe faces another problem not shared by the world's other major central banks in that it's obliged to manage monetary policy for a region where different countries have very different economic situations. The challenge for the ECB is to tighten policy to combat inflation without unduly squeezing the area's more heavily indebted economies such as Italy and Greece. As part of that, the market is waiting for further clues about a so-called anti-fragmentation tool that the ECB is working on to limit the divergence between borrowing costs between the Eurozone's strongest and its weakest countries. An even simpler guide to the health of the global economy is the price of commodities, which tend to rise when things are going well and fall if fears of recession rise. In particular, the cost of copper is seen as a key indicator because the metal is used in so many different ways from construction, to electrical wiring, to electric vehicles. This is why it's sometimes known as Dr. Copper. In the long run, the case for copper is strong as it's viewed as a key component in the clean energy transition. But in the short run, it's simply a measure of economic activity. And that has seen the copper price fall by more than a third just since March. Having been $10,600 a tonne then, it fell below 7,000 briefly last week, down nearly 10% on the week, its worst performance since the start of the pandemic. It's worth noting that the oil price is also now back to levels last seen before the invasion of Ukraine, although you probably wouldn't think it from the prices still being charged on the forecourts. Meanwhile, the key long-term driver of share prices swings back into focus this week. Company earnings are in the spotlight over the next few weeks as results season gets into its stride. Last week, we heard from a handful of banks which, as expected, saw the biggest Wall Street names like Citigroup, JP Morgan and Wells Fargo increase the amount of money they're setting aside as a provision against potential bad loans. This week, the focus broadens out with a number of technology stocks such as Netflix, Tesla and Twitter due to announce results. Tech stocks are particularly important because they represent such a big part of the overall index. How they perform will be a key indicator of whether the current expectation of 10% earnings growth for 2022 as a whole remains on track. The ongoing delivery of earnings growth is seen as crucial to where markets head in the second half of the year, after the first half correction in share prices, which has been almost exclusively about falling valuation multiples and not yet a reflection of lower profits. As of the start of the week, only around 33 of the top 500 companies in America had reported. 21 of them beat expectations, which is encouraging but it's early days yet to draw meaningful conclusions. Better news for the market outlook is currently provided by sentiment indicators, which suggests that a lot of the potential bad earnings news has already been priced in. The ratio of positive market bets, known as calls, to negative bets or puts stands at rock bottom, similar to previous market bottoms in 2020 and 2018. A survey of investors also shows more people are bearish or negative about the market outlook than are bullish or positive. This happens rarely and tends to coincide with big falls in the market. For contrarian investors, this is another good sign.